Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, I'm Gavin Emmett, and this is the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. And already I've got my guest today jumping out of their seats. Of course, is our commentary team of Keith Ewan and Julian Ryder. We're here at Barcelona ahead of the seventh round of the MotoGP World Championship. And I think, boys, we better start, first of all, by rewinding back to Mugello. The voice hopefully has come back for you, Keith, as well, because we had three amazing races, all so tight. And the closest gap was in MotoGP. The seventh closest race, uh, finishing gap between first and second of all time. 19 thousandths of a second between the winner in the end, Jorge Lorenzo, and Mark Marquez. Uh, what about that? Have you recovered yet, first of all, boys? You've been taking your tablets this week. Do you know what? I still can't believe it. I've watched it four or five times since we, since we actually did it. It was one of them races where you knew the Yamaha could exit that last corner better than the Honda. It had been doing it all week. But in my mind, it said that you couldn't pass <laughs> by the line. Well, two years ago, that's what happened, wasn't it? Marquez led and Jorge couldn't get past yeah. him. And, and but Julian, the, the, he did, didn't he? MotoGP bikes just don't need slipstream. Yeah, they benefit from it. Of course, they do at the top end. Everything does. But, but the fact was that that Yamaha just blasted past. You know, uh, I mean, Mark Marquez did everything right. In the press conference, he said, I thought we'd be, we'd be missing about 25 points by yeah. this point in the year. But he's actually only 10 points adrift. And he's, he's thinking this is like his birthday. And he's looking forward, I get the impression, to Monday. For the test. For the test. Yeah. And as he said, what turns up at the Monday Barcelona test is the stuff the factories have built with quite a lot of data from the start of this year. Quite amusing, though. I spoke to Jack Miller just a moment ago before we came in here to do this, and Jack Miller said, I can't say it on air, actually, but <laughs> what the hell are we going to test, effectively? Because the motor's locked in. Yeah. Can't do anything to the motor at all. He said, yeah, we might have a few chassis tweaks here, but you know, fundamental stuff. But then some old wag called Wayne Gardner came up with the idea, well, maybe it's something for next year, Jack. And Jack went... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you think you might know, know d- about Don't that tell sort of Jack that that's actually Bruno that happens out. But we won't go there. No, but there will be things, I'm sure. Speaking there are to ex- Cal Crutchlow earlier on, ex- he was saying that there, there are things they're actually now thinking about next year. Exactly. Already. And there are exhausts and throttle bodies, which are fundamental. You know items. how to turn us on, don't you? I do. <laughs> exhausts and throttle bodies, Julian. Does it for me. Julian, what about the, the myth then that we've... Uh, Perhaps perpetuated over the years that Jorge Lorenzo only generally likes to win from the front. He didn't. He had to uh, do something a little bit different there, didn't he? Well, I can defend myself, Your Honour. On the grounds I spent a long time talking about Jorge Lorenzo having massive punch-ups in 250s, for instance, with Danny Pedrosa. Well, this is how he won the race, because he remembered back to uh, his battles with Alex De- DeAngelis. Yes, yes. And that very same pass is what he used at the... the, the 
beyond Detty, is it? The court, the chicane, final chicane. That's uh, how he did it back in 2006 when he beat Alex De Angelis. Now there was a man that you wanted to fight with, and he had one. I always wonder where that t- always that... nicknamed Alex Dangerous yeah, to, exactly. uh, to some of his uh, <laughs> colleagues the in the one two five class. Underlined perfectly there by Gavlar, I feel. <laughs> yep. But I mean, I, I always wonder where this where this myth came from. Well, it, it just because be- he wins it's beca- so well from the front. Exactly, Keith. It's the, because if he does get the whole shot, and it hits his rhythm, you can wave him goodbye. Elbows why, out, can't why, beat a bit of Why have a fight if you don't have to? Um, it was a shame, obviously, Rossi wasn't there, but let's talk about Mark Marquez, first of all. What about his performance? Because when Lorenzo was leading from the front, we simply thought that Marquez might not be able to get there, but he's doing something on that Honda <laughs> that the others are, are nowhere near capable of doing. Yeah, well, I think he just underlines the kids' class at the end of the day. I mean, that Honda isn't the bike. Again, I underline what I said right at the beginning of this. I mean, we'd watched that Honda struggle to get out of the final corner, turn 15, out onto that front straight all weekend long. It didn't look happy. It didn't look comfortable. Couldn't get on the gas. Add to that the fact since they put that contra-rotating thing in it and spun the motor the opposite way around, it's lost all its horsepower at the top end, so it's got no real real grunt now. So it's not even one of the faster bikes on in a straight line, even when you've got it out the corner. Uh, so Mark Marquez did miracles with it, effectively. Again. Uh, there was a little bit of a wheelie, wasn't there, coming out of there? I think Lorenzo said a couple of laps previously he'd had the same thing, and if it had been like the other way around, perhaps Marquez would have won it. But um, what does uh, Marquez need then? to be able to win, to be able to challenge for the rest of the season. He's only 10 points behind. <laughs> he, he needs tracks like Mugello and Barcelona and not like Le Mans. Right, and he needs a Yamaha. Right, no. <laughs> well, he ain't going to get one of them for two years because well, he's exactly. just signed the deal. <laughs> but so he's two years locked in. He's finally done it, though. We always knew it was going to happen. We didn't uh, honestly think he'd be moving to Suzuki Aprilia or anything. But uh, he's been quite particular about this contract, though. He what? said to me he was looking at every fine detail. Because imagine him with his little readers on the end of his nose picking no, through. No, he's not us. <laughs> <laughs> but picking through every detail of the contract. What can he put in there to make sure that Honda are competitive? I think at the end of the day, they're going to make sure that he's going to want. I don't think you can put anything in a contract. When you get to the technical details, it's just too complex to actually make that work. But I think what he needed to do is make Honda work and to perhaps personally assure that they're going in a direction that's that's going to sort itself out, that's going to make it work for next year. I mean, they can't do anything with them. They've got seven engines this year. All of them are going to be the same. If they want to make any changes, I mean, they can make changes to the engines, the ones that aren't already here, but the MSMA have got to agree unanimously, and we know that isn't going to happen. <laughs> By the yeah. way, I see you two looking at me with wide eyes. But, I mean, for instance, if we get to the, the, the Jorge Lorenzo Valentino Rossi blow-ups that we had in Mugello, you know, those engines that have gone back, yeah, they've blamed it on electronics. Valentino Rossi was hilarious because all of us were thinking... Yeah, the, the press release came out. It's an electrical fault. Yeah, of course it is. Everything that ever goes, you know, the, the rod came out and broke a wire. You know, it's a, it's an old adage that we all use. But if that's a manufacturing fault and everyone holds their en- hands up, then they can they can reintroduce those motors back in again. Mm. The, they have to still go to the MSMA and have, you know, a, a unanimous approval of the, the fact of the modification, whatever that might be. But it can be done. So it's not quite as locked as perhaps we all think of it as being. Julian, I'm sure you've poured over Yamaha's press release uh, about what happened. They say it's something to do with these new electronics, not able to control the rev limiter in the same but, way. But, uh, Explain it to me, please. Uh, well, I can't really from that information. But the, <laughs> the interesting fact that uh, Rossi said in a, to a supplementary in the press conference was that the, the, the rev limiter isn't as precise as last year. And that's an absolute... We've known that all along, but that's the point I'm about to make with you. So have they. 
Exactly. So it's a point that, that yeah, the, the thing at the, over that hill, it, yeah, it's the, obviously going to hit a rev limit. Exactly. It's going to go over there. The, the rear end's leaping and spinning, and no one can appreciate what 215 mile an hour feels like unless you're actually on it, and you're cresting a rise at the same time. You're looking for, for your braking point. But all that data and information from the entire week, they will have already read. Their data logger will have told them they were over-revving already. I, so I, about I don't that. know whether it's a bit of a smoke But the screen, team was saying literally. that, that it, following, following Lorenzo so much because of the slipstream and the extra pace they were getting something that it was revving as they hit the hill and everything i think the front end uh, was being held down by the wings and the back end was kicking up <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> let's not go on about that one anymore but is it good news for honda is it something they would look at and say oh we've, we, we you know we, there is a chance here there's a, there's a chink in the yamaha armor I don't think that. I just think that. it's embarrassing for Yamaha. I think Yamaha that's, yeah. that's the end of it. Yamaha uh, have drawn a line under that one, I believe. Rossi looked like he was going to be there, didn't he? It was a real. He was shame. there. He was there. And I mean, uh, the, do you know what the, the saddest thing was? Was watching fans that had fought their way in, um, leaving early. Didn't do anything for the traffic, leaving the track. Then, no, did it by the end of the day? Five and a half hours. Some of us were waiting in that queue for. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, trying to get out of there, but uh, Rossi's thirty-seven points off that championship lead now so effectively two dnfs mm. it's uh it's tough coming back from that well marcus has uh, hadn't had one because he got 13th when he remounted um was it in Le Mans when he had to get back on the bike he picked up three points for that so it's effectively he's had a dnf lorenzo obviously at argentina as well can you see the, either of those having another I mean, it's too, it's a speculation too far for me. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we're, we're looking at Jorge Lorenzo again at his very best on a motorbike that's working pretty well with the new packages that they've got to work with this year, Michelin and, and the electronics. And, and now here we are at Catalonia. I mean, we've had some classics here, haven't we? But uh, can you see anybody beating Jorge at the moment with the form he's on here? I could, I could see Rossi. Rossi doing winning it, it yeah. yeah. Now I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> If Marquez is as happy on this sort of track without a lot of low gear accelerations as he looked at Magello, and he was this was his lowest point last year when he had that almost oh. casual throwaway crash mm. at, at turn the, 10 at the left hander. Yeah, Lakaisha Corda, horrible. Right, uh, just to uh, back up what we're saying about Valentino Rossi, the last rider to win a championship with uh, more than two DNFs in the same season was Mick Doohan. So quite a while ago now. <laughs> that, that won't make great rating for And Valentino. he used to win them w with um, three-figure points gaps. Yeah, exactly. Right, uh, outside of those trio uh, looking to battle for the championship, uh, what about the, the rest that we've got out there? Andrea Iannone and Maverick Vinales were strong. In the second half of the race, they both messed up the starts. Do we have any clearer idea of what went on there? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he said there was, there was he was slipping the problem with the clutch, slipping, getting off the line. I don't think you're going to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd love to be able to have a smart, smart answer to it, but unfortunately, as you know, Fair I don't. <laughs> so, what do they, those two need to do, though? How do they? Because uh, Maverick recently, it was been good start, not so great end. Well, they do, race, they do, they do exactly what Rossi did um, last time out. Rossi spent the entire Friday practicing his start, making sure they got the clutch lined in. He did eight starts, didn't do didn't do one recorded lap no. in the Friday. Straight back in one. the short cup, came straight in, did eight starts. Still, to make Lorenzo sure. beat him down to turn one. He though. did, but I tell you what, hasn't he put himself in the showcase pole position? And he started. Incredible. Well, that's the thing, never yeah, did that. no. So, I mean, that work, and maybe maybe that's what Ducati are going to have to work on as well. I mean, that, that 
Can Ducati and Suzuki can they consider winning a race soon? Yes, this Ducati, is where we yes. saw the first Ducati, Ducati win. definitely. Yes, Ducati definitely. Yeah. I mean, I was I was surprised that they weren't because of the reasons well, underlined already that they didn't do something in Mugello. I mean, you know, they start like a good old-fashioned ham-fisted job with a grabby clutch, didn't it? Popped in the air. Mm, well, it looks like I'm not. You know, um, there was a lot of controversy, shall we say, on Sunday, uh, talking about qualifying when we were in Mugello. It looked as though at the time, Marcus and Rossi were out again. We've seen it three or four times they've been out in qualifying they say it's because we're basically on the same program the way we do things we leave it quite late and we're going out there again uh, is that something else we're going to see here this weekend do you reckon <laughs> just to stoke <laughs> stoke the fires a little bit more I think the fires are quite quite calm I must say yeah I, I don't think yeah. that I mean last year I think seems to be well and truly in the history book now we're, we're having another cracking year at the moment aren't we young Marcus has managed to get to grips with that unwieldy Honda. He's the only man who seems to be able to do it at the yeah. moment. Yeah, we can talk about that for a month. Uh, but Ross is qualifying. If he qualifies here, I'm, I'll, I'll, yeah, okay, I, I believe Jorge's your man. But what you mm. said a moment ago, Rossi certainly could take it to him. The Yamaha, if it works as well. Um, 2009 round here, remember, we're, we're going big on that on BT Sport. If you want to keep an eye on our Twitter uh, timeline. Turn down the commentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and someone got a little bit too excited. <laughs> Not naming any names. Uh, but <laughs> I just about here in Barcelona about uh, other news that's going on. Lots more. Contract talk, and I know some people get bored about it. Others love it, talking about this transfer thing. It makes it all interesting. It's good. It's good press, isn't it? At this time, of the, it makes no difference because it's a bit like catching a plane. Isn't it? No matter whether you arrive early, it's still going to go at the same time, and next year is going to happen. I know. think it's quite good to talk about it now because then we can focus at the end of the season, not talk about. We know where everyone's going, but it makes the end of the season so much more intense. I love everyone. Matt Burt one of our respected journalists and former uh, commentator in, in BT Sport here, when he said that Hervé Poncherat must feel like he's been tangoed because both his men have gone to the orange-coloured uh, KTM team. Paul and uh, Brad have both cleared up and they've gone over there. And Hervé can't sign riders at the moment. He said that they, nobody was interested in anything other than a factory, a full factory ride. So a satellite team with the esteem of Tech 3, can't with a, sign. With a Yamaha Factory, M1. Yep. Yeah, Julian, we were, we were all in that press conference earlier. Yep. He was a not a happy man, was he? Hervé was... Uh, it's not often a team manager speaks that honestly and calls a press... Oh, Hervé does, don't you think? Uh, Hervé... He's very straight. Yeah, I think he's, he's a straight ass. This is true. Uh, but to basically lay out his problems in front of the mm. press, say, you know, hi, guys, look at the... I'm having to deal with. And, and his major gripe was the independent teams basically can't attract the young talent. Yeah, but well, do you know what? I wrote down what Alicia Sparger had to say about that in the, yes, in the, in the press conference, which was, which was highly amusing, I thought. And he said, uh, Alice says, it's normal. No? <laughs> <laughs> Defending his brother there, because his younger brother did have an option to stay with, with Tech 3. Yeah, but he's been there long enough. It's time to move on. Yes, that might be... True, and I think it is actually. I'm inclined to agree he's done his time there. But if you were Alex Rins, would you seriously... Let's, you know, get to some names. Would you seriously say that another year in Moto2 no. is better than going to Tech 3, the which is what's been said? There'll be a managerial reason for that. There's no reason that he's... Say you know, if he's saying that, it's not what he's actually believing, because I, I, I don't believe for a split second in answer to your question directly, Jules, is that anybody in Moto2 would give up the possibility of riding a factory Yamaha, even if it's in a satellite team, 
for two years when Valentino Rossi's going to retire in Precisely, two years. Precisely, your career is mapped out. It's Precisely. all there. It's very, all there for Very him. strange, then, that the talk is 95% he's going to be at Suzuki next year. Yep. Explain Alex that. Rins has turned that option down, as far as we know. It's incredible, isn't it? Well, explain it to me. Then. I don't I don't understand. Because he's, maybe, he's, maybe he's going to Tech 3. Well, the talk is he's going to go to Suzuki. So uh, he, he's seen yeah. what Maverick Vinales has done, perhaps? Well, that's one of the things he said in the Spanish press. Mm. And the quote about another year in Motor 2 would be better than going to Tech 3 came from his dad, by the way. Mm. That's what we like about this time of the year. We don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we do know, uh, Leisha Spargo has come out today fr- from Suzuki and said, uh, yeah, they haven't told me no, but I don't feel part of the puzzle, was his line yeah, to me. More upset than angry. I think angry. Uh, if you, the, 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 the look on his face, if only we... Oh, we should have took a picture of that, the look on his face. There's one point where... It, I've never seen a man try to smile through a grimace in quite the way that Alicia Spargro perfected it today at that press conference. It was an incredible face he pulled as he tried to make light of it, but it was hurting him so bad he couldn't get rid of that facial expression that uh, I think we've all done it at some stage. Yeah, there are two camps uh, within Suzuki. Japan, the factory itself, more conservative, goes for consistency, would rather keep Alicia Spargro. The team um, said, well, we've got experience. We've got Yanone. We need to do what we always do, as a Brivio and Co. Get a young rider on the second seat, as we did with Maverick, and they see Alex Rins as the obvious heir there. Problem you got with all of these team management things, having been there myself at, at some stage in the past. You know, when you've got team management that you know you can say what you like, I mean, you can stamp your feet, chuck your toys out the pram. Uh, fact is, they're going to do what they're going to do. The management is going to make the signing that they believe is best for them, even if there is a slight conflict between factory but, and team But you wouldn't blame moment. Suzuki for wanting to take Rins. Absolutely, not you wouldn't. Not at all. Absolutely, you wouldn't. Alicia Spargo has, has done a good job, yeah. and he's riding really, really well. Mm. And when you think where he is in the points at the moment... Sixth. <laughs> well, that ain't bad. No, and it's uh, not too far uh, behind his teammate, not too far behind Danny Pedrosa in fourth place. He's doing a good job. Looks like, though, he'll join Sam Lowe's at Aprilia. That is the that is I think that would be a good signing for Aprilia. I think Excellent. Aprilia will be, lo- yeah. I'll, I'll be rubbing their hands with glee. Yeah, so Two real chargers on their bike. So if, you say, so if you say that Rins will get Suzuki, Alicia Spargro goes to Aprilia, Polly Spargro goes to uh, KTM, which we know is a fact, yep. who takes the Tech 3 bike? It is an astonishing that we're sitting here <laughs> yeah. asking that question about an M1 Yamaha. Mm. Absolutely astonishing. Joe Anzarco, is that where we'd look uh, at? I would bet money again. You'd look at it because it's an obvious choice. But on the ground, Hervé Poncherel and Zarco's manager can't even bear to be in the same mm. room. I somehow doubt it. So who goes on that bike then? Could we see a return for someone like Cal Crutch? Yeah, well, I mean, that's been... I, t- I said to you last time out, didn't I, Magello? I caught Hervé and Cal cuddling up to each other in the paddock. They I mean, never fell out. They never no, 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 out. they never fell out. And the sponsor is, or has been very fond of Cal over the years. Hervé, from what he was saying, does not want to do that. Would you like a real little um, left-field shout about that seat? Go on, then. Baldessari. Mm, that is left field. That's very left of field. I don't know, that's so I mean, left of field. That's, yeah, that's, that's the car park still. <laughs> but that is an interesting one. I like it. Where'd you I get like that it? one from this morning, then, Jules? <laughs> that's right in the back. I woke up and I thought. <laughs> um, I, wanna, I mean, we've got to look at who moves across the, the World Superbike. Who, who 
I well, mean, there's lots of talk interesting. about Aleish on a, that one. Aleish right? yeah, uh, dropped a, a big hint. He's had two big deals offered to him in, in World Superbikes. Not surprising as no. well. And uh, they, they want a marquee name in there to join from Grand Prix. They, uh, I was over there at the weekend at Donington Park speaking to people with yourself, Keith, uh, as well. Right, we and we were I would have been there with helping my mother move, so I had a note. <laughs> uh, I had a note. I had a note from my mum. <laughs> so, but, but we were there and... and one of the talk from the paddock is that the things are going well and improving in World Superbike, but they love a name that's still at, at that top level well, in most GP coming across. I'm looking at Aprilia, and I'm thinking if I was a World Superbike team manager, I'm rushing up to Stefan Bradl's door and he's, having a word. Well, he's on his way, isn't he? Yeah. He's out of here. Wouldn't, wouldn't like he be a good signing for a World Superbike team? What if he'd go back to Moto2? That's the other, another talk that he might do that Why as well. Why don't we go back to Moto2? I want to move on to the Brits, though, be, uh, before we go any further down that route. Um, what about Bradley, then? He's got a new teammate in Paul Espargaro. Well, oh, exactly the same. The exactly the same, yeah. as, as this year. But he was back on form, wasn't he, in Mugello? It's almost like he's found the form he was having throughout last year. Uh, top independent last time out. I don't think the form went away. I think what went away was uh, was the ability to decipher all the things that the bike was throwing at him at the time. And I mean, I think that, that that's the thing about Bradley. He's a he's a very clever young man, isn't he? That thinks about everything that's going on. And they'd work their way at each end of the scale. Yeah. And they've come back to the fact that there is no magic bullet. I've just got to ride it hard. Is he going to kick on now, Julian? Uh, I believe so. Now, Brad, once Bradley gets his head round something, he very rarely takes a backward step. And that's exactly the sort of attitude that Keith's just talked about uh, that makes KTM signing him a very, very clever mm. bit of work. Cal picked up points for just the second time, actually, last time out. He said really he nursed the bike home in Italy. Um, what about his chances here in Barcelona? Because... He's up against it. We know that Honda is proving a, a tough nut to crack. Well, well quite often he, he ends up the second best Honda on the grid. He's done that you yeah. know, a couple of times this year so yeah. far. I mean, Cal, uh, even he's saying that it's, it's even hard to get one massive lap out of it for qualifying. When Cal turns around and says that, yeah. you know it's a struggle. Because he is the man. For that. For, for one. Grit teeth. Grit get on teeth, etc. Grit everything lap. And he said, I, I seem to remember reading somewhere, he said, if I, I, if I don't actually ride it like I'm going to fall off it, I'm going to qualify 16th. Yeah. which just He be. said he's got to push his luck every single time he's on the bike to get a result out of it, yeah. which is hard work. And this track, when it gets hot and a bit greasy, greasy and yeah. those tight left-handers and the front end... Well, it's bumpy as well. I know it's... Yeah, it is. That's it what is. Uh, Jorge was saying this morning yeah. in the press conference, said it's bumpy in places as well, which, of course, with all those things you've mentioned underlined already, with a little bit of rippling in there as well, you've got no chance. What about Scott Redding? He was having a good weekend, actually, all in all, uh, until the race. Another DNF. He's uh, yeah. third of the An season. Another... He's been unlucky. I'm something I'm not going to tell us about, but... He said all the lights came on the dash and he had to bring it in. Well, yes, you, you tend to, don't you? If yeah. it's, uh, it's, Otherwise, it invalidates the warranty. The, um, <laughs> so like an old Rover, I once said. Yeah. <laughs> all the lights came a Rover, on. Can you imagine that? <laughs> I'm trying to. Um, but uh, he should be back up there, shouldn't he? He says top 10, yes. top 8. Scott Redding, is, now he's a man who's n not going to worry about a contract because he's in the middle of a two-year contract. And With the Catty, just where they put him, and it's likely to be Pramac, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, of course. Yeah. I, I would, yes, I would, uh, because that's the satellite team, a yeah. proper satellite team. Um, he's going to kick on. Surely Scott's going to kick on. His luck will change. And, and just a quick word on, on Eugene. Keep, got to keep an eye on him this weekend because a new uh, helmet for him. Gene McDonnell, he was named after um, Gene, the, the, the young man sadly killed at the TT, just a run down to Balaf. I remember remember it absolutely vividly. Um, 
and it's the same year he was born. I think he was born just a day or a two day. later, wasn't uh, it? Yeah. After after Gene was killed. Yeah, there's the accident that ki- killed Gene McDonald. Because Mick, Mickey helped, you know, Dad Mick, uh, yeah, Mick helped absolutely Gene Gene McDonald a lot, and and of course it was part of the of the of the Laverty family effectively, and yeah. uh, and 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 it was a, it affected them in such a big way that, that Eugene was named I after be- him. I believe Eugene was born the day before the accident. And the Chris obviously then decided to name. Uh, I wonder what Eugene, Eugene said to me earlier. I wonder what my parents were going to call me if it had been for that. <laughs> <laughs> I better ask. His brother, his twin brother's Eamon, so it would have begun with an E. Suggestions on a postcard. <laughs> so, um, so he's wearing the um, the replica yeah. of uh, G. McDonald's helmet this this weekend. Not, Not sure, until so. Saturday. Yeah, I this expect. weekend. Keep an eye on that one uh, when you're watching uh, as this weekend on BT Sport. Just to move on quickly now on to Moto2, um, Sam Lowe's looked bob on to win that bob race. On. Do you know what? Every time you say that, it just makes me giggle. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. so Yorkshire, isn't it's it? It's so very Yorkshire. Not that there's anything wrong with Yorkshire, of course, for anybody that's going to send me letters. And what we might <laughs> say then uh, about uh, Moto2, it was an absolute farce, wasn't it? It was what, fast, what was. In, uh, <laughs> in Magello. Because, uh, right, OK, I'm going to time you, boys. You're going to have a minute to talk about, because that's what they had to get out of pit lane last time. A few teams missed it. A minute on the fast in Moto2. Yeah, well, uh, it was unfortunate. The teams hadn't been paying attention. The rule was done already for a long, long time. They had a, a, a clock in them in each of their pits and on the front pit wall as well, which said what time pit lane was going to be open. Then they had a whole minute. So they knew what time it was going to be open. They had a minute to get out there. Uh, the only difference was that there wasn't a flag man at the end of pit lane, as there had been all week, because Dorna like it tidier in pit lane. So they don't have a flag marshal man with a red flag at the end. It's only a red light, and they all blew it by going through the red And light. they all ignored the red light and went steaming through it. 30 seconds to go. Did that cost Sam um, any chance of victory? It didn't help, that's for sure. Well, and, uh, but, well it was Savvy Vier who, who, who speared, the, the, and it got stopped, and, he, and Sam had done all that work on a hard compound tyre and, of course, didn't want to switch to the soft, whereas Zarco had run a soft all weekend and liked it, and, and with only a 10-lap race to go, that was good enough for Zarco. Ten exactly. seconds. Should team managers have rule books in their back pockets? No, uh, they should have read them before. They should have read them, yeah, exactly. Um, what can you say when riders from the Cito Pons team and Team Asia ride through a red light at the end of pit You've just gone what through the red light. You've, You've gone, gone through, through that red light. There was no Sorry. man with a red flag. None of that Couldn't counts anymore. There's a red light here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just quickly on Moto 2, Sam's back on top. And that, and that, I suppose, after everything, after everything... And it just there. underlines the new Sam Lowe's. The old Sam Lowe's, yes. you know, he was prepared to take third place, took him back to the top of the tree. He's fast enough, we know that. It was just an unfortunate set of circumstances we're not likely to see It again. was a seven-point swing <laughs> to Sam Lowe's. What's your name, Alex John Rins. Snow? Yeah, I'm practising. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, so use that in two weeks' time. That, 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 that's, a good, that's a good weekend's work for Sam Lowe's, however, whatever way you want to cut it. And is Zarco back in the title hunt after that, or is he still...? He's always been there or thereabouts, but it's going to be... I mean, yeah. He looks so like he's been struggling on full race distance, though, getting the tire to work And he will have done this time. And he will have done this time. It would have been full race distance. Yeah, yeah. Been the same he, Zarco doesn't look he was down quite... In yeah, he doesn't look quite to the machine he was last year, does he? Let's be fair. Well, there's a few others that look better than the machines they were last year. Yes. Talking of machines, Moto3 and Brad Binder leads the championship by 49 points at the that's the biggest lead after six rounds since Harashika Aoki in 1995. <laughs> the Ghost Rider. So, uh, right, the championship's his, isn't it? Yeah. 
<laughs> in Moto3. Yeah. yeah, you are so tempted to say so, but we know. I, I like Brad Binder, so but I, what I ain't going to say anything because I don't want to jinx him. Exactly. What about Brad, though? How how He's done a great job. Let's quantify that. He's done a great job. I mean, in Moto3. But mind you, we saw last year, yeah, our man. Yeah. How many points did he have by halfway through the season and almost lost uh, and it come the line? Nearly contrived to lose the championship to a, a massive second half of the season from Miguel Oliveira. But let's look at the three wins he's had, Brad Binder. The one in Jerez, he fought right from the back. Uh, he's he's done it from the front. He's done it in, in Mugello, just biding his time as well. He's he's canny as well. He doesn't believe he can lose at the moment, Brad Binder. Sport, any sport's about confidence, momentum. And he's in the right team, isn't he, for someone keeping feet on the ground? He's in the right team because Aki Ayo's in there looking after everything as well. And Aki Ayo's got his fingers in all sorts of pies in all sorts of other places as well. I mean, yep. I can't think of a more perfect bloke to work for. Uh, we want. I just want to mention the rookies quickly. Paui, obviously won in Argentina. He came back onto the scene a little bit yep. uh, last time out. Bulliger's been there. Last time out is Dijan Antonio, FDG. <laughs> he said we could call him DG from now on, so that's all right. That saved you boys 10 minutes every session. What about this kid? What do we know about him? What a lovely young man. And not, note, one of Valentino's boys, mm. a Roman. Not a seaside boy. And uh, the one who's looking after him is our own Sam Lowe's. I know, it's he's amazing, got him under the wig. It's amazing, isn't and it? And he's turned out all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's early days yet. <laughs> what, Give him do, time. What about the other cabs off the rank that we should be looking out for here in Barcelona this weekend of the rookie riders? Your Canets, your Mears? Well, those two at home, you would expect... Uh, you a major play from. You kind of answered your own question a bit there, mate. Yeah, I've got yeah, to tell yeah. you. Any, anyone else, though? Is there anyone else we need to be looking at? I think at any for? of the Spanish Championship boys are, are obviously this racetrack. Is the, only, uh, the only thing I would ask as well is, is how much this changes from... We've had Formula One here back in May. Yeah. You know, they use a chicane coming on to, between those two last right-handers onto this track. I wonder how much that has rippled it up with like five and a half, six G of breaking point into there. I wonder how much the More. track has changed this yeah. weekend from previous. We haven't had any track action while we're doing this podcast at the minute. But of course, I'll be amazed if it hasn't changed even more. If it hasn't even, you know, we're talking about all this history regarding this place. But I wonder if the track is going to be where they want it to be when we get started tomorrow. Very good question. We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, can't wait to uh, join you two in the commentary booth as well over the weekend. Uh, thanks very much once again for giving us the preview to the Catalan Grand Prix here in Barcelona. Make sure as well that you download our review podcast that follows the race here in Barcelona. And remember, of course, you can watch every single session exclusively live this weekend on BT Sport 2. Make sure you join us. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.